Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 says, But take heed not to do your righteousness before men to be gazed at by them. Otherwise, you surely have no reward with your Father who's in the heavens. It then goes on to list three activities that were frequently done by the religious people of the day in public to pray, to give alms to the poor, and to fast. But the Lord's encouragement to all of his people is to do these things in secret where only he can see. Brother Dick Taylor has joined us. Dick, this is not an easy word to carry out, is it? It's not easy. In fact, in our life, it's impossible. But in the divine life, in our spirit, we can do it. Well, Dick, we're going to spend the first half of our program today looking at this matter, and then the second half looking at the Lord's example to pray, which is commonly called, I think, the Lord's Prayer. But let's talk about these three items at the beginning of chapter 6 that deal with the doing of good deeds in an outward way, as opposed to doing them in secret. Yeah, in chapter 5, Chris, it's amazing. The, the thing that's exposed there uh, in this constitution of the kingdom is anger and lust. And we think, oh, these are the most terrible things. Uh, They're really things that we need to avoid and get away from. Yes, they are terrible. But when you come to chapter 6, you see even more subtle problems and difficulties, especially the self with the flesh. And so, like you mentioned, we need to see this matter of praying, of giving, and of fasting according to the Lord's view so that these two subtle enemies, which are even worse than lust and anger, might be exposed. That is the flesh and that is the self, so that we would hate the self and repudiate the flesh. This word is very helpful to us if we really want to grow in the divine life and if we want the Lord's kingdom to come in reality. Dick, let's uh, look at a couple of the verses here that we're going to be talking about in these uh, in this first section today. We read the verse at the beginning of chapter 6, verse 1. Verse 2 says, Therefore, when you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be glorified by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Uh, that's the number one item, giving alms in a secret way. Number two says, When you pray... You shall not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. And finally, the third item that shows up in verse 16, And when you fast, do not be like the sullen-faced hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, so that they may appear to men to be fasting. Truly, I say to you, 
they have their reward in full. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this is an exposing word. Very exposing. This is where we're going, Dick. Let's join Witness Lee. Giving alms, praying, and fasting. These three things are used by the Lord to illustrate how we are filled up with the self and how we are filled up with the flesh. In these three illustrations, the Lord Jesus always uses one word, secret. In secret, you do it in secret, and your father sees it in secret. In other words, to do things in secret is to kill the self. To do things in secret is to kill the flesh. In society today, if you don't let people make a show in their go-doings, no one would do it. If you don't give them an opportunity to uh, show themselves up, no one would do it. In raising money, they just build up the best opportunity for the givers to make a good show. That is the flesh. So, there is a basic principle with the kingdom people. That is, in doing anything, don't show up yourself. Do as much as you can in secret. Hide yourself and have yourself always covered. All well, this constitution of the heavenly kingdom surely doesn't give an inch to our anger, lust, natural being, nor any grind to our self and flesh. We must, by His mercy and grace, do everything, if possible, in a hidden way. Always try the best to do things pleasant to God, righteous with man, yet you do it Brother Dick, as we said, this is not uh, an easy word, an easy lesson. No. There's a verse that's uh, somewhat sandwiched in the context here, uh, a phrase that I think many people are familiar with. In Matthew 6, 3, the Lord told the disciples not to let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. And the context specifically was in this matter of giving alms, but in principle, uh, it applies equally, I think, to these other two items that he brought out, the praying and the fasting, also to be done in secret. Why is the standard of the kingdom, Dick, the constitution of the kingdom, all about keeping these kind of deeds, these good deeds, in secret? I like, Chris, the fact that the basic principle of the kingdom people is that they would do everything as much as possible in secret so that there would not be a showing off of the self or the flesh. And as our brother mentioned here in this section, there's a great need to reject the self and to repudiate the flesh. So, Dick, uh, we're really talking about the kingdom of God, and in the kingdom of God, as we've seen already, there's really no place for the self and the flesh. Let me ask you this question. Does the flesh or the self wanting to take public credit for these deeds have the potential even to negate the value of these deeds in relationship to the kingdom? Surely just making a show 
causes us not to be able to grow in the divine life. Sorry to say, Chris, there's a strong tendency, even among Christians, to go this direction. We must not let the self and the flesh make a show. The basic principle here is in doing anything, do not show off yourself, but hide yourself. And as much as possible, do everything in secret. I really like this. I have a little, maybe you could call it a poem. Do not let others know. Do not make a show. Stay in secret and grow. A major point here is that if the self and the flesh interfere with our giving, our praying, our fasting, it will hinder and frustrate our growth in the divine life for the sake of the Lord's kingdom. After all, the kingdom we're talking about is not this material outward kingdom. The kingdom is the king himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has sown himself into our spirit and is wanting to grow in our heart so that he could have the kingdom within us. He's the king. He's sown himself into us as the dumb. When you put the king and the dumb together, you get the kingdom. The self and the flesh are a big hindrance to the growth of the king within us so that eventually there could be the manifestation of the kingdom. So our need is to really live in secret in all these areas. I'd say practically, Chris, this means remain in our spirit. Christ the king with the life of the kingdom is now in our spirit. To not make a show, to not let others know, really means get to your spirit. Hide yourself in all these righteous deeds. I would say, Chris, if Christ had not become the life-giving spirit and as the king sown himself into us, how could we do this? It's impossible. It's only possible by the life of the king within us. He never made a show. He never made an outward display. He always carried out things in the proper way for the manifestation of God. Now this life is in us, so we need to hide in this life by diving into our spirit, which is really the secret place. There we can do things in a hidden way, in a secret way. So it's so easy, like our brother mentioned, you know, I've seen it, Chris, and I know you've seen it. Even among Christians, people give a lot and they want to be recognized. They want a plaque in their name. They want something named in honor of them. This is a tragedy. And what it does is kills the growth of the kingdom. This kills the growth of the life seed within us. Or to pray just so others can hear us is really sad. The Father, he sees in secret. He hears in secret. We don't need to make a show, but we do need to grow. So we want to be those who always run to our spirit, learn to carry out all these righteous things in secret, in the spirit, Our Father sees, our Father knows, and our Father hears. So may we be those who do not let others know. And we're not here to make a show, but we're here to be in secret in our spirit so that we could really grow. Hmm. Dick, that was really good. Let's go on to this next portion in chapter 6. In verses 9 through 13, there's the well-known prayer given by the Lord Jesus to the disciples as an example of how to pray. You then... Pray in this way, our Father who is in the heavens, your name be sanctified, your kingdom come, your will be done as in heaven, 
so also on earth. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yeah, that prayer just brings out an amen, doesn't it? It sure does. Dick, we want to get into the reality of this pattern of prayer in the next two sections. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Concerning the so-called Lord's Prayer, this is no doubt a pattern of prayer. But this is not a pattern of all prayers. The prayer that is presented to us here in Matthew 6, is absolutely different from the prayer we have been taught in John. Here, it doesn't say that we have to pray in the Lord's name. Why? Because this prayer here is not related to life. This prayer here is related to the kingdom. In this short pattern of prayer, the kingdom is mentioned at least twice. Here is a prayer that is very much concerned with the kingdom. And this prayer is a prayer fighting God's enemy for God's kingdom. So it says, let your name be glorified. Today, God's name is not glorified. God's name has been profaned, or has been made common. Even today, people talking about Jesus Christ, they just make the name of the Lord Jesus Christ so common. We don't mention the name of the Lord in a common way. We say, Father, Lord, in a way of much, much sanctification. Sanctify the holy name. Sanctify day by day. So we pray, O oh, Father, let your name be sanctified. And this is no doubt related to the Father. Then let your kingdom come. The kingdom is here, yet still the manifestation has to come. We do have the reality here, but the manifestation is not here yet. So the kingdom has to come, and we have to pray for this. And this kingdom matter is clearly related to God the Son. Then let your will be done on earth, so in heaven. This is related to the Holy Spirit. When the Father's name will be sanctified, and the Son's kingdom will be here, and the uh, spirit will will be then, as in heaven. What will be that time? That will be the time of the coming kingdom. Well, Dick, we've been discovering in the book of Matthew that it, it's the book of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. And surely this prayer is a prayer of the kingdom and for the kingdom. Uh, if, as we've been saying, the kingdom of God exists in reality already within the believers, within the church, on earth today, why then do we need to pray for the kingdom to come, as we're told to do here in verse 10? As we heard our brother just say, Chris, 
This is a fighting prayer. It's a prayer fighting God's enemy for God's kingdom. And there is a need to recover the earth back to God in Christ. Because of the rebellion of Satan, the earth was really lost to God and needed recovered back to him. He created man in his image and with his likeness for the very purpose of recovering the earth back to himself. But even the God-created man fell. But we have to say, hallelujah, 2,000 years ago, Christ himself became a man. Jesus Christ, the God-man in the flesh. And he took the lead to regain the earth for God Mm. and to establish the kingdom of God on this earth. After his death and his resurrection, he ascended. He's there in the heavens physically. He's here as the life-giving spirit in his believers. As we enjoy him and experience him, we're in the reality of the kingdom. That is the experience of him as the king within us. But we need to pray for the manifestation of the kingdom. The kingdom on this earth is not yet visible. And that means Christ himself would even come back physically to take over this earth. Amen. So we're praying for this. Right. And this prayer is an awesome prayer showing how, first of all, God's need is his kingdom would come. Even it takes care of all of God's need. As the Father, it takes care of his name, not being profaned and made common, but sanctified. Right. As the Son, it takes care of his need, and that is to be the king in the kingdom over this earth practically. Thy kingdom come. And as the Spirit, it takes care of his need to carry out his will on this earth. So God's need is here. And even the second half of the prayer gets into our need. This is an awesome prayer, but it's a fighting prayer that God in Christ as the Spirit would regain this earth for the practical manifestation of the kingdom of God on the earth. Mm. Well, Dick, you just mentioned that the second half of the prayer really covers our need. The first half is fighting for God's need. Let's uh, pick up this sharing now on the second half, covering all of man's need. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The Lord's Prayer is quite all-inclusive. It takes care of our need. Give us this day our daily bread. And this shows that in this fighting prayer, the Lord would still take care of our daily need. Then after this, it takes care of the forgiveness we need. We have to confess that we do have shortcomings, mistakes, wrongdoings, and we do have something that we are in debt to others. So we have to ask the Father to forgive us like we would forgive others for the Father's sake. Then this prayer covers the fighting against the enemy. It says, do not bring us into trial. The trial here really means temptation. Here we have to pray, realizing our weakness. If you don't realize that you are weak, you may feel that you are strong. That will be the time the Father has to bring you into the trial to show that you are not that strong. 
So we have to pray, Father, do not bring me into trial, but deliver me from the evil one. Then you have to close it. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. This is the prayer for the kingdom. If we are fighting for the kingdom, we have to follow this pattern. There's no need for us to recite. This is not something for us to recite. This is just a pattern in principle that we have to pray to cover all these points. Oh, Dick, these points are too marvelous. Uh, you know, he was just talking there at the end about reciting and not really being necessary. Many people, probably most people in America, if not having it memorized by heart, are very familiar with this prayer in one fashion or another. Um, and in many times, it's just that. It's just recited. Of course, there's value in memorizing every scripture, any scripture in the Bible, and we're not minimizing or diminishing that. But in a sense, for us just to approach this prayer in the way of a ritual by reciting just these words really misses the intrinsic uh, magnificence of this prayer, doesn't it? It truly does. As our brother mentioned, this is a pattern in principles. And as we've been fellowshipping, it's so good to see basically two things here. Number one is God's need. And his need is his name be sanctified, his kingdom come, and his will be done. We pray this way means we're caring for God's need, and we're praying that he would be satisfied. And I tell you, as a Christian, when you experience God being satisfied in your life, you are really satisfied. So it's good. First of all, God's need is met in this prayer. And when he's satisfied, then all of our needs can be met. And it's amazing that God, with his great economy and purpose and plan, still has such a heart and desire to meet every need that we have on this earth. So we would pray also, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And don't you like this last part, Chris? For yours is the kingdom and the power and, and the, the glory, glory forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let's close with that, Brother Dick. Thank you for being with us. You're welcome. I'd like to point out, uh, this is, I think, a classic life study covered several really magnificent points, marvelous points, each one. This matter of dealing with the self and the flesh by the things in secret, and then, of course, uh, the real intrinsic meaning of the Lord's Prayer in, in its aspects. I wish we had several broadcasts for this uh, this chapter, but we're left with just one, so we have to recommend that you contact us about receiving these life study messages. There's so much rich detail here. Uh, we really have not been able to touch it in, in any great length, so do contact us for that or just to be in touch with us and let us know that you're listening, you know, your impressions to these programs each day. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Of course, you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.
Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, BlackBerry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today. What is the church? The church, which is His body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.